your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson, James Boyman, and Ryan Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. James here, joined by Ryan. Unfortunately, no Alex with us, but we are here to discuss Everton's very late equalizer to draw 1-1 against Leicester City at home at Goodison Park. Everton's goal by Richarlison at 91-56 was their latest equalizer in a Premier League match since February of last year against Manchester United, and the latest at Goodison Park since November 2019 versus Spurs. It also continues Leicester bosses Brendan Rodgers' winless streak at Goodison. He's never won away at Everton as a manager in all comps. Zero wins, seven draws, and two losses. The most he's ever visited an opponent without winning in his managerial career. And lastly, Everton have now avoided successive defeats, in league games for the first time since October. So I guess some positives to take from that before we get into our instant match reactions and all the rest of the analysis that we bring you here on the ATP. Just a reminder that if you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. If you want to find our, us on social media, it's at USA Toffee Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can find all of the links at linktr.ee slash USA Toffee Pod. Links in the description as well and without further ado let's go into instant match reactions ryan before we hopped on you said you weren't sure how to feel but give us your knee jerk instant take a tie is better than a loss but i just felt like three points was so important because lester had not been playing particularly well they're really even particularly good um but i guess looking at how the match went and how we set up i thought um it just keeps it as a two-score game, as we would say in America. You know what I mean? It keeps us four points away from Burnley. So um, I'll feel a little better if Southampton can come up with the result against them tomorrow. But, yeah, it was okay. I mean, I we may have deserved more. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but still, at times, we look pretty sloppy. And I, I, I don't know what I expect at this point, I guess, James. I keep <laughs> expecting us to kind of snap out of it and become a a better team. Um, But anyway, it's just, it's not happening. You know, I guess that's, that's all I can really say. What what are your immediate thoughts? No, I think that's fair. I mean, I I too am expecting us, especially, you know, with 11 days rest and Lester playing so much to come out with a little bit more intensity and sort of start things off brightly. We did the exact opposite of that and it took us some time to grow into the game. Never great when you concede early, but I think in this case, maybe Lester scored a bit, too early, though we in turn left it way too late for my comfort. I was watching this match in a Starbucks near my place of work, and uh, yeah, I got some weird looks from folks when I celebrated the Richarlison goal, and also some weird looks really throughout the match when I was throwing my hands up at some of our absurd misses, which we'll discuss as well. But before we get into the preamble lineups and tactics, just a shout out to all of our correct score predictions from our Discord, which you can join if you go to invite.gg slash ATP. We had OG Shill, Sled Viggs, and Mike Drop all predict the 1-1 draw. And I also owe Shani Tsunami a belated shout out because he predicted the win against Manchester United last time, and I did not say his name on the pod. Gets a double bonus shout out along with Cryptus and Sean Khan for... Being at Goodison Park today, 
to enjoy the atmosphere, to enjoy the draw in the flesh, their first trip across the pond. So shout out to you guys. Hope it was a great one. Now, Ryan, talk us through Lester's setup on the day. You know, they've, as you said, not been in the best form, not playing super well and missing a couple key guys, but nonetheless, a, a relatively strong lineup put out by Brendan Rogers. Well, they're still dealing with that UEFA Conference League. I swear, if you look it up on Wikipedia, the number of teams involved in that in the lower rounds, it's, it is amazing. I don't think that's a bad thing, personally. I know a lot of people are making fun of this thing, but whatever. Um, but they had a... Um, they had their second leg of the quarters against PSV, pardon me, PSV, um, in the conference league. And they didn't play all of their main back line guys against Newcastle when they were totally outplayed a couple days ago. Um, I think they had the midfielders in. But Rogers has been playing a lot of 4-1-4-1, and I think that's mostly what we saw today. Uh, they're really only missing Ndidi, uh, who is important for them. No question about it. Um, Mendy looked like he was kind of taking up the defensive mid-mantle. Uh, Vardy's obviously out, but they've got a lot of attacking depth at center forward at this point. But look, they're not great. Their defense is not particularly good. Granted, Fofano is out for much of the year. But, I mean, they're 17th in expected goals against. Their, their expected goal difference is actually worse than ours. I think that's pretty, pretty interesting. So I, I'm thinking at home. Um, we'll get to Everton's lineup because we had one key addition, although one yet again, subtraction, we just can never be fully fit. Can we? Um, and I think that had me somewhat optimistic about it, but it was a strange match, but Hey, Yerry Mina coming back was a big deal. I thought today. Yeah. Huge for to see Yerry Mina finally return how desperately we've missed him. And I think he made a huge impact today, which we'll discuss. Um, in addition to Mina returning, we had Damari Gray slotting into left wing against his former club. A bit of a, uh, I don't know, revenge game. Maybe not. I don't think there was too much bad blood on his departure. And then Dominic Calvert-Lewin, a late scratch, uh, allegedly had a scan, picked up a slight knock. He's been ruled out or was ruled out for this match in addition to the Merseyside Derby on Sunday. So big loss. We, of course, then choose to put Richarlison at the nine. We've got Rondon on the bench who would later come on and make a big impact. Um, but Anthony Gordon, we've got Fabian Delph keeping his spot in the lineup after his performance against United. Alex Awobi, a mainstay now at this point, clearly cemented his place and gained the confidence of Frank Lampard. We've got Alon in and then the usual suspects along the back line in addition to Jordan Pickford in a 4-3-3, a 4-1-4-1, however you want to classify it. Um, and Again, you, you start out the match and we were, I mean, completely dominated and looked really open. Leicester were able to carve us apart with relative ease before we eventually kind of snapped out of it and settled into the match. We did struggle at first. Um, it was kind of a bad combination of us trying to play out of the back and not dealing well with their pressure, uh, as well as I felt like our pressure was... We were overextended, and we've seen Frank do this a couple of times where he just gets too vertically extended as a team. And I, I think what has been working for us was Richarlison playing almost as more of a left-sided striker, you know, a little higher up. And Awobi's done a really nice job hustling and really working his tail off to fill in for him. I think Awobi ran like, what, 11 or 12 kilometers last yeah. match? Yep. Um Gray, you think, okay, well, the blueprint there is okay. You know, Gray doesn't particularly like to play a whole lot defense, so Wobi could maybe help with that. But you saw Wobi actually heading up farther and joining kind of the higher press. 
and they broke us apart a couple times. There's no question about it. Um, I saw Lawn in space too often when that happened as well. Delft pushed up a little too high. And look, when you look at their average positions, you kind of see Dewsbury Hall stacking up with Harvey Barnes, and they attacked a lot on the left. In fact, I think the most touches they had on their team was Evans, um, Castagon, Mendy, of course, and Dewsbury Hall. I think that was the other big problem. I mean, when we pressured high, they played around us easy. And really, when they had the ball in our final third, it was too comfortable at times. I mean, Mendy, they could have fed him the ball every single time. So I think that was a struggle. And I, and I think with Charleston, it started with him. I, wasn't, I don't know if he knew exactly what he should be doing at the top of the pressure because there were just too many avenues to block. If he pressed high, people didn't press with him. We just made it way too easy early. And yeah, I mean, look at the left side attack numbers for Leicester. They're, they're significant. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like we the, the game plan was to pressure high, but the execution was just not there, and it ended up just getting us really extended, and there was never actually any point in which Leicester actually felt like they were under pressure and we forced any mistakes, at least in the early stages. And as you said, Leicester, 51% of their attack coming down the left. Conversely, Everton, fairly balanced, 37% down the left, 30 down the right, and 33% down the middle. And then in terms of shot distribution, Everton, I think, came out the better. I mean, we obviously saw Damari Gray and others taking some shots. Alex Awobi had a bid from outside the box, but 15% inside the six. Leicester managed zero. Um, 46% for Everton inside the 18 versus 64 for Leicester. And then both teams, 38 and 36, respectively, from outside the box. So fairly even. And the shots were even as well if the possession wasn't. And we will get into some of the specific actions right after this. So let's get into the timeline. And we obviously had the very early goal. Um, but even before the goal, Ryan, some scary and this is, admittedly, I think I turned the game on right as this was happening. Seamus Coleman, scary moment, goes down, basically saves what would have been probably an even earlier goal for Leicester, and is clutching his ankle or knee, and it looked pretty bad, but fortunately is able to continue. Um, but that was a concerning early sign that we were just not at the races, nearly conceding basically immediately following the, the opening whistle. Uh, vertically extended immediately. I mean, Awobi was too far up. Gray was too, Gray about played, you know, give and go right by him. It was almost this weird seeing eye pass. I don't know how to describe it. Um, Coleman, thankfully, kind of came out of it. But, I mean, the ball just went right by Delph, Falon. Mina was kind of being boxed out. It was very strange. Uh, and I would argue that in the fifth minute, you know, their goal, which we'll get to in a second, wasn't too dissimilar. It just looked like we were disorganized and, and out of sorts. And this, it just looked futile. It was way too easy. Um, and I, I can't say it was any great individual effort here too. Uh, it just seemed like it was organized and clinical and they were passing the ball very well. Yeah. It, and if you look at the shape at the time, the goal scored, I mean, Lesser have three guys in and around the six yard box. Looks like we've got what meaning Coleman. I mean, look but, at a lawn, right? Guys, just four guys basically trying to prevent the pass in from wide, and the shape is just all over the place. And you know, there, there's a lot of dangerous space in front of net that's unoccupied. Yeah, I, I think it's worth breaking this one down just for a second. I mean, it starts with Schmeichel too. I mean, he sends it out to Ricardo. Now, Gray is pushed high, and Awobi is pushed high at this point, so he's bypassed those guys immediately. Now, Awobi's not playing really necessarily 
as a 10 in a 4-1-4-1 defensively. He's playing as like a, a dual eight. So now you've taken away one of our central midfielders. This is what I didn't like Frank doing, kind of overextending Alex Iwobi up high. I think that's a mistake. Uh, but anyway, uh, Delph is even even with Ricardo when he gets the ball. So Delph comes out to him. Mikalenko's there too. They, they kind of get a mix up. Gray eventually recovers, but Tillman sends it back wide to Ricardo Pereira. And you can kind of look at Miko and, and Delph kind of look at each other and like, it, you know, Delph was kind of over there to cover for Gray and Mikalenko's not sure if he gets it. So he kind of plays it behind Mikalenko. Delph kind of recovers. Alon comes all the way over. I, I don't know why. Um, just pulled out of space. And yeah, you're right. Godfrey, Mean, and Coleman are literally inside the six. They're right on it. Actually, Madison kind of makes a bad pass here. I mean, it's the only pass he can make because there are a couple of people in his way. But if he takes a, just a little step and a look and just chips it over, I mean, he's got someone sitting on the 12. He's got someone on the back door at about the 10. I mean, this was just terrible. And and look, Ineacho kind of scuffs it over to Barnes. He puts it through Coleman's legs. Nothing Pick can really do about it, I don't think. But I just... You look at this and you're shaking your head. You're thinking this is this is a problem. And really, we didn't get our first real chance until the 16th. And this chance really came out of nowhere, I think, James. Yeah. Again, 10 minutes of a bit of futility, Lester. I think nearly 80% possession over that spell. Um, but Everton at last get their first chance in the 16th. And as you said, there was a lot to do because Wobie has it. He makes this really soft touch pass for Anthony Gordon, kind of making the run wide. And Gordon gets a bit fortunate with the he, – he touches it and it bounces off the defender back to him, and he takes it kind of a little button hook type of run down towards the end line. And he does well to get to that point, and he does well to find Richarlison about as open as you could humanly be inside the – basically inside the six. No, no one around him, and he just completely scuffs the shot wide. It would have been – it was almost harder to hit it wide than it was into the back of the net at that point. And given that combined with the conceding early left uh, definitely a sour taste in my mouth thinking, okay, well, there goes our chance to equalize and really level the playing field for the remainder. When, when are Richarlison really going to start firing on all cylinders? Cause he just has been off it lately. I don't know what to say about this. I've been pretty critical of Anthony Gordon in terms of his open play creation numbers. And yes, this was a typical Anthony Gordon head down, kind of smash it, you know, in the middle. But he did deliver it well, and he found him wide open. And I mean, this is, <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know how much more a better chance you're ever going to see. Uh, it was disappointing and all the great ones missed, but this is a really bad miss and it was very untimely. And just look at the numbers. I mean, the first 20 minutes, I mean, Leicester City had an 89% pass rate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just that's like a like drill. It. Yeah. yeah, it did. It did. It did. 72.1% possession, four to one in shots, one corners to zero. But it was very interesting, though, is to see how that 89% pass rate started to drop. I mean, keep in mind, the match end was at 81%. It plummeted in the last 15 minutes. But I was concerned at this point, our inability to play out of the back, it just wasn't very well orchestrated. There were times where I felt Delph was open and we didn't have the courage to play him the ball or the skill or the skill. I think that's fair. I mean, Seamus was reluctant to cut back and play with his left. Mina got him the ball a couple times. Godfrey is not as comfortable with the ball. Um, and Pickford still was hoofing it up there, but the problem is we have no target to really hoof it up. I, yeah. I mean, Fafana is going to dominate Richarlison in the air. Richie was actually pretty clever just backing into him, basically knowing he's not going to get over him and, and got away with some stuff. Um, but look, we did eventually settle down. I, I don't know if it was just Lester started 
just kind of screwing up on their own accord. Um, but there were some chances kind of as we closed out of the half that I think are worth noting. Yeah, there was I think first... the one, the the one, the Gordon one in the thirty seventh. Though James, is this not so atypical of him? Because he actually gets his head up, and normally right. his delivery is so good when he has time and space, and he's done a great job here. This is the one I think it deflects back off him when he was dribbling directly. Yeah. I thought his dribbling was outstanding today. I've never seen him so fluid with the ball. This this is one where he looks up, Caesar Charleston. I mean, I'd have bet money he'd put this at least close to on his head, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would have thought so, but instead he just completely, completely overhits it to no one. Richarlison's actually fairly open at this point. Um, and, and as you said, you know, okay, if that's a blind cross, you're just kind of trying to hit it in a dangerous area without looking, then okay, maybe you can excuse it. But the fact he looks up first, not customary for him, and still overhits it, maybe just going for the power placement and doesn't strike the ball quite Get right. Get a little too perfect, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And then just five minutes later... Um, there was a little bit of an interchange out wide. Alex Wobey to Damari Gray. They went back and forth, and then um, Richarlison gets a header on it, but not really super threatening at that point. Um, the last interesting point of the first half was a rarity, I think, for Everton, especially under Frank Lampard, and that was the neatly orchestrated corner routine that started with the uh, ball into a Wobey. It actually starts with a, a gray making like a phantom run for the ball and then kind of loops out around. Awobi one touches it. I think he pops it up a little too high in the air, maybe puts a little too much on it. Gray does a good job to corral it and hit it on like the half volley curler, nearly slams it into the top corner, but it just looked really well, like pretty. It was a nice play. Unfortunately, didn't result in a goal, but not something we've seen a lot from by Everton and interesting that we'd go for something like that when you have the aerial threat of Yuri Mina in the fray. It just goes to show you when Damari Gray doesn't have to think he's very good, uh, <laughs> but it's true. And, and so look, the big criticism of Gray going into the season and I took some flack on social media about it, but I think it's proven to be accurate. I mean, this isn't, this is just watching the guy is that when he's playing a more possession based system, which he is right now, or at least we're attempting to be at times, um, he dwells on the ball. He holds on it too long. And Rafa did a very good job. It's maybe the only thing he did that was great. But um, of getting Damari Gray to play very direct. And when he's in transition, when he's immediately decisive about it. We talked about his crosses. His crossing percentage in his career is awful. Which is shocking because he delivers the ball so well. Rafa almost told him just hammer it right at the six every single time. And it was very obvious. And he did that well. So when he's not thinking, and this routine is perfect. He knew exactly what he was going to do the second he got it. He's effective. Um, I thought he was mixed today. I yeah. thought it was fine that he got subbed out. I, I, you know, he he's a liability on the defensive end. But now you're just seeing that you know this is what happens. A player is maybe not as good a fit in a system as as he was in the prior one. But it just goes to show. I mean, his touch, his skill with the ball, and his pace and and feet are still really good. You know, you just got to figure out a good way to use him. Um, I was loving to get a goal before halftime. Didn't quite happen. Um, but I'm curious what you thought. Um, maybe about his performance and kind of at the half, how, what were your thoughts and how are you feeling? Yeah. Well, firstly on Damari Gray, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's so frustrating to see him, you know, when we're trying to break or in the final third in general, when he receives the ball defeat and he just insists on taking three, he can't four, help five it. He touches and help it. And it's always very predictable. You don't really see him often try to beat a man to the end line and get a cross in. It's always that cut inside onto his right foot trying to get that 
opportunity to curl a shot. And yeah, he's quick and he can beat a man, but sometimes he just doesn't, he either overthinks or doesn't think, but he won't make the most obvious pass to the man making the overlap, Mikolenko overlapping, or a man at the top of the 18, Alex, and will be centrally, and will just try to do it all himself. And I think that was kind of what plagued him in the first half. And in general, Everton, you know, I was not any more to words of any more to words of Crash Davis, by the way. Don't think me. You can only hurt the ball club. <laughs> that's perfect. That's that's Damari Gray to a T. And at halftime, you know, I, I didn't feel good because we obviously were down and I don't have a tremendous amount of faith in this team to fight back, though recent results may, you know, indicate otherwise. It, it actually, besides the possession, was much more even than I would have thought. We ended, you know, four shots to five in favor of Leicester, but the 66 or 67, basically, 33 possession split was at this point I should just expect it we're just not a team capable of possessing yeah. the ball but it still feels so demoralizing when you're off the ball and furthermore I did feel like towards the middle later stages of the first half some guys were looking like tired like we had just, like we were the team that had just played a few days ago and not Lester it was structurally odd, I think, uh, different than maybe some of the other times where we've conceded possession. Obviously, we're down, so there's more of a sense of urgency. I was afraid we'd run out of gas, too. Watching Mendy just be wide open in that six hole endlessly was infuriating to me. Um, I, I will say this. They regrouped okay at halftime. I felt like uh, we were a little more coordinated, but I do think the subs made made a big difference. But look, we came out in the second half, and... You know, we had we had some interesting chances. How on earth is this play in the fifty second minute when Richarlison, you know, kind of goes by a couple guys and Gray eventually gets it and plays it to a Wobi? How on earth is that a goal kick? It was crazy. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, do they man. think yeah, it's just, you know, Gray then skied one kind of outside the box a couple minutes later and, and Deli Ali comes on and I'm kind of curious about a couple things. You know, what did you think Alon's performance? And is Deli Ali someone you're going to trust? Because then, in essence, it moves Awobi over to the right side, playing almost more of an eight role. And Deli Ali is playing more of kind of the more freedom-oriented ten role, I, I suppose. I, I mean, I don't think Alon was was awful, but maybe a byproduct of just the general structure and left too exposed yeah. when Awobi was up too high. I don't know what do you what are your th- I mean, his numbers were okay. Yeah, his numbers were fine. I think the big problem was, and you hit on it earlier, was just we resorted and kind of gave up on trying to play through the midfield, and so it kind of nullifies both his and Delph's ability on the ball. And therefore, you know, in addition to the fact that we were so extended a lot of the time, neither of them great in open space defending. So I think it made them both look rather poor. But Alon ended with 28 touches. It took care of the ball, 85% pass accuracy, one for four in tackles and dispossessed twice. He's pushing up a lot, and I, to your point, that's like a, a structural thing. Um, the Delhi sub was interesting. I think Alon probably a good candidate to be taken off. Um, we have this comment at the bottom, but we'll just hit it now from Nebula1979 because I think it's appropriate. Uh, he says in regard to Deli Ali, getting him on the pitch without disrupting the midfield is a problem. And I think that that's said really well because he's obviously a vastly different player from Alon, but we're also trailing and maybe need a little bit more of the Deli Ali magic or whatever. That, that seems more of a thing of yesteryear, but of course he turned up when it mattered. Um, but it, it did feel like, you know, not a like for like sub Frank's going for it, trying to get a little more offensive 
impetus going forward, but I think the other sub that was made was far more impactful in the end, in my opinion. I think Alon, if we've, we're on the ball a little bit more um, or we're structured so that they're playing into us is, is more valuable. If you're going to be expansive and running around and require a lot of athleticism from your players, DeCorey is probably the better bet, I think, in, in that particular role if you insist on playing Dolph as a six, which I'm fine with at this point. Look, I, we should have made probably better attempts to stay on the ball. I mean, it's not Alon's fault that Pickford was so it up and we, we were a little panicky. Um, but maybe Frank could have done something different. May, maybe played a four-two-three-one and dropped Alon down deep to help with possession. I don't know. There's some things you could have done, but this is his shot. He shot it. I was just happy that he made two subs earlier this time. He didn't wait yeah. for so long. And look, Ron and sub changed the match. I mean, he made an immediate impact with kind of the flick on to set up Richarlison for a decent shot, our first real shot on target. But you could tell, I mean, he gave us more of a focal point. Gave us a little more legs. And for some reason, Richarlison just looks better in this team out on left wing. Yeah, it, it just having that target is really, I think, all it is, right? You're, you're hoofing it long to Richarlison, as you said, against Fofana, who's so good in the air. And it just amounts to basically zilch the entire match. And then the second Rondon comes on, Pickford hoofs it basically to Leicester's 18 and Rondon wins the header and flicks it on to Richie and we end up getting our first shot on target of the match like you can't have a much more positive immediate impact than that and it continued right I mean and people it's crazy like the the 180 people have done on Rondon where you know now Calvert-Lewin's the boo boy and people are like Rondon needs to start when he was the worst player to ever put on an Everton shirt two months ago but you know whatever we don't need to dive into we didn't that say that far. We did not say no, that. No, you got to be be honest about play. I, I just hate the immature, two-year-old-ish, like, he's the worst player ever. He's terrible. If we go down the championship, he's not going to help us. Like, that type of ridiculousness. This just in. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has an issue with this quad. You know, he has an abductor, a quadricept, a thigh. It, it's not good. There's He maybe should have had surgery. He opted not to. Tried to play through it. It's not a good thing. He also had a broken toe at the beginning of the year. I mean, what what do you expect from the poor guy? He wasn't getting much service to begin with. Uh, I, I just don't... It, it's not a bad attitude thing. He's hurt. It's not really... Uh, and look, this just in. Guess we guess what? We score a lot more goals when Dominic Calvert-Lewin's on the pitch. I think we're over 1.5 goals per 90 when he plays. It's the highest on the team. So, yeah, he helps us score goals even if he's not scoring. And look, maybe this team does need that focal point the way we are right now. That might be the case. Uh, even even with possession, sometimes to be able to physically bully those two center halves and maybe let Richarlison face a little bit more. His creative numbers have been okay, Richie, even if his finishing wasn't wasn't great. Look, I think the Lookman for Barnes sub helped us a ton too. Barnes is killing us down the left side and is obviously a very good player. Um, but I think it's very interesting for the 75th minute on, their pass rate was 58% same as ours and we were hoofing it. You know, five to three shots for Everton. Possession was almost even. They were a little bit better. I mean, I thought that was massive. We came on. I thought our legs would be dead, but it turns out, since you haven't played in 11 games, apparently that matters. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look, they had a couple half chances. Fafana had kind of that half chance off the corner. Uh, he probably could have done better with the header. I know he's very good. Um, Yeri came really close in the 80th off a cross from Coleman that it wasn't a bombed header, but it was tricky. Um, I think Mendy coming off in the 84th was really important. But before that happened, just when you thought Richarlison couldn't miss a worse chance, this one probably wasn't as bad as the first one. 
in the 82nd minute, I mean, Anthony Gordon puts this right on his head. I mean, he is dead middle of the sixth, dead middle. I mean, Richarlison in practice takes this 10 times. How do you, how many do you think he makes? Eight and a half, Eight? nine. Oh, yeah. I mean, and he's nowhere near. He hits it off his shoulder. I, I don't know what to say at this point. It's just, you can't believe it. You know, you just can't believe it. Yeah. You're thinking this is not our game. Um, not, those are two uh, yeah. massive chances, man. And you're thinking, is this the difference between being relegated and staying up in the premier league? Um, and then in extra time, some good things happen, by the way, only two subs again. Can yeah. you explain that to me? Can you explain no, that please? I can't, I really can't. You, Why? There's gotta be a lack of trust from Frank with the guys on the bench. Like doesn't want to be too, thinks three subs is too disruptive. Doesn't like the options to change the game, but you just think, uh, by the way, Deli Alley had no idea what he was doing on defense for a nope, while. Nope, none. Absolutely I mean, unbelievable. None. He was standing right next to Richarlison at one point. They're kind of looking at each other like, should you be here? Is it me? Is that it's like that Spider-Man, Spider-Man-like Spider-Man meme, yeah. thing? When they kind of look at yeah. each other, right? What? Is this bizarre world? What is going on here, dude? We're just, I mean, they're literally standing on top of each other. And I'm thinking, I, I know Frank gave him some instruction. I mean, for heaven's sakes. Um, yeah, I, I just, but anyway, you get to extra time and you're thinking... Can we please just, you know, at this point we were coming on too. in the 91st minute. I was like, you've got to be kidding. Richie kind of makes that early cross off that ridiculous little like juggle thing that a did. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing, man? And Richie hits it really early, which I thought was strange. Uh, The ball kind of pops way up in the air uh, and Gordon dives. I mean, it was the worst the, flop ever. He barely got touched. Is he so just stood. Good, man. He looks over his shoulder. He knows he's getting hit. I mean, the referee's probably just David Coot, right? He's just sitting there saying, like, are you serious, man? But the funny part about it is it falls right to Rondon. And he makes this lovely little tap to Coleman. Coleman is wide open inside the 18. It's on his right foot, too. And he takes a dribble. I just, it's on his right foot. I mean, you're ne- how much closer do you want to get? I mean, all you're going to do is make the angle worse. So I, I just hit it. Seamus hit it he doesn't or he eventually hits it kind of left and after that happened I thought that's it I was like you're not going to get a a better chance I mean how many big chances have we had today have totally blown but ah mo frere ah contraire mo frere and I thought that I thought that after the Richarlison header on the corner I was like okay if Richie can't score that like not our day. We're going not down. Our season. We're going Making down. Making plans. Marco yep. Silva's going to be in the Premier League. We're not. Yep. All those sorts of nasty, nasty thoughts. Bad Lo thoughts. and behold, 90 minute plus two. It was really, really desperately needed. And again, off the hoof ball, Pickford just launches it downfield. It ends up basically almost on the touchline. What is uh, Lester doing on this play? There's a Costagon who just let it go over him. Is kind of watching it. Like, what yeah, are you doing there. You, you see Deli Ali kind of come like from the middle of the pitch, like running to the corner and it's like, okay, it's well, on the right. Like Deli Ali's the left, right. Attacking mid. Lester should be all over this. We're the most desperate of times. And yet somehow Deli runs it down and he's basically on the touchline, puts it, into the box on the floor, kind of slow. Richard Rondon, in this case, is holding off Fafana, bodies him again, something Richarlison unable to do up to that point. And he gets the slightest touch on it. And not he, he makes a move with his foot, but it's his other foot. And it just kind of deflects. Not sure if it was intentional. If it was, it was brilliant. Richarlison's there making the run across the face of goal. He tries to bang it into the far corner. I think it ends up deflecting off Ricardo Pereira. 
it sort of bounces slow. Schmeichel just watches with a look of misery on his face. Goes into the back of the net. Everton are level. And we saw the game out from there and escape with a point that, again, the blood pressure of the average Evertonian worldwide was through the roof on this one. And uh, I had to feel like that one was deserved at the end because, especially in the second half, we talked about Leicester were just desperate to see this one out, and it really showed. Like, they could have, you know, at one point on the Discord, you said this is where they just take the, the air out of the ball and kind of kill the game off, probably around could've. the 75th, 80th. And they just did not. They just were not able to do it. And maybe you give our players some credit because they ran really hard. They started to actually pressure and force some mistakes out of Leicester. And in the second half, I think we were the better team. Nine shots to six, you know, still basically 60 40 in favor of Leicester in terms of possession, but we. We pointed out that stat earlier of the last period of play where it was roughly, you know, even in terms of pass completion, um, six dribbles to Leicester's three in the second half, 14 to 10 in aerial, seven to three in tackles, four to three in quarters. So, and then eight to five in key passes. So more shots created more. And finally saw our efforts rewarded with an equalizer. They didn't create a whole lot really in the second half. I mean, they had some chances off corners, they had the kind of counter where Gordon on that free kick on the left side, dear Lord. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I don't understand the logic behind this anyway. Let Mikalenko take it if it's a deep ball from the left side that's a left footer. It's it's not like Mikalenko is incompetent at striking a ball. He's okay. I mean, he can serve it from deep. Fine. Let him take it, man. And I'd, I'd rather have Anthony Gordon around the box anyway with his legs and or in the back so he can chase people down. So that was disappointing. Uh, Yuri Mina's you know, basic litting, getting in. Uh, Pax and Daka's head at the end to get the free kick too was interesting. I'm thinking we got a chance here. And I, I mean, I, we were still dangerous. I thought we had a chance of winning it. Rondon had a little battle with Schmeichel in there too. They both got cards. Yeah, I mean, his tackle though on Daka was so bad in the 80th minute. He just absolutely <laughs> chopped him down, but he had to. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a smart play. It was a professional foul. However, we saw Lon do basically a similar type thing and get a red card. So you never do know. Um, yeah, look, I mean... Everton showed some character, fought back. It was an ugly match. I think some of them are going to be this way. There were some good performances. I, I can't really look and say that anyone was a standout, amazing player today. Um, certainly, we welcomed Yuri Mina back, no question. He just makes a massive difference. He's the one guy back there that's so composed, even with the ball. You can't get around him. Um, he was tough today. Yeah. Finished. I think he led the team in touches with a 69. Nice. Uh, 80% pass accuracy, four ball recoveries, three successful tackles. He won three aerials, and I think they were all offensive, which is uh, interesting. But obviously, Lester not going to try to play the ball in the air too much up front with Ianacho leading their line. <clears throat> um, won a couple fouls, blocked a shot, had an interception, and there's just no price you can put on the you know level of reassurance that I feel personally when Yerry Mina is one of our center halves. Like it's just night and day over someone like Michael Keenan. I think he made Ben Godfrey look even better. I don't think, you know, not again, neither of them had great games, nor did really anyone in the team, but a Yerry escapes, plays a full 90 and escapes without injury, which is great for us. Um, and B, you know, besides the opening goal, Lester created very little. And I think he played a big part in that. I thought Alex will played a pretty good match as well. Um, 
I don't like the role they were putting him in. I think the higher pressure role didn't make a lot of sense against these guys. I was downright angry about it, frankly. Uh, it was like lambs to the slaughter. Um, but uh, I thought he shone through really well. A couple key passes, obviously everything from open play. At one point, it seemed like every offensive move we made was really something that that came from him. I'll tell you what, though. 11 successful attacking third passes. That is a ridiculous number. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, he did it, though, against West Ham as well, not too long ago. Um, and I mean, That's he his game, had, though, right? Yeah, I mean, look, he's great at open play creation. He gets in the final third. He makes things happen, and he, and he gives other people chances to make things happen as well. And, and you got to give him a bit more credit, too, today because they had to pull him back. He played in a deeper role, and I thought he played admirably well. He may have been a little tired at the end. I, I don't like, I mean, him, Delph, and... Deli Ali in the midfield is terrifying to me. But yeah, in the first half, I mean, he was really almost everything kind of ran through him. Uh, I thought Anthony Gordon played a very good match today, too. He did. He absolutely did. Um, and, and though we talked about a couple of the classic Gordon moves, the epic flop in the box and the overhit crosses, he did have the third most touches, 56 um, behind Mina and Seamus Coleman. First touch was great. His ball retention was quite good as well. Created four chances, two big ones, obviously the Richarlison one, and then you know took all of our set pieces as well. Sixty-one percent pass accuracy. So you know you might expect that he was getting the ball in the final third a lot, but had six recoveries, won four fouls, a couple successful dribbles, and a couple interceptions as well. And yeah, this was I think his best game in a while. He had the couple iffy decisions and and executions but he's getting on the ball he was really good dribbling he was really good at evading defenders and keeping possession they you know dare i say some of the lesser defenders were really kind of afraid of going in on a tackle on anthony gordon because he was showcasing some explosive pace and um i think you know we've we've criticized him i think fairly on previous episodes but i thought he was one of our better players today without a doubt yeah, his open play creation this season has not been fantastic, but he created some big chances today. Yeah, he was taking corners. Yeah, he was two of nine for crosses. But I, I thought his first touch in particular and his composure in the middle of the field, dribbling with the ball under pressure, was was excellent. I mean, you see bits and pieces of him at times, and you think, this kid could really be something special. Um, he obviously does a lot better when he gets his head up. Over time, he's going to just get better and better on the ball, stronger, hopefully just as fast. And you'll start to see that head come up. And, man, he could be just an absolutely fantastic player. Um, I thought it's funny. Richarlison fought so hard today. It's hard to ignore the two big misses. It really is. But his movement was good. He was battling Fafana. No, he wasn't winning the aerials, but he was running into him. He's making sure. The one thing we did better in the second half is getting on second balls, I thought. I mean, whether Richarlison was winning the header or not, as long as he's playing off Fafana, so Fafana's not winning it cleanly to someone else that he was earlier in the match, I thought. That's okay. You know, as long as we can get our guys up high enough to try and pick off some second balls, which we did, it's going to it's gonna work out. So, um, yeah, but God, you can't get away from the two misses. Like, it's unbelievable if you really think about it. It does beg to ask the question, though, as well as Solomon Rondon did. Well, now, who plays in the Derby is another thing. But going forward, it just goes to show you, though, even Dominic Calvert-Lewin, when he's not playing well, why we play better. 
You know, because yeah. Richarlison seems a little better on the left side. He's a little more stout. He's more defensively minded. Awobi's now used to him. He can kind of slide over the left a little bit, even if he wasn't doing that when Richarlison came in. And I just think our shape looks a little bit better. We look a little bit more more balanced. Um, and look, I thought we had some good listener comments, too. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, just a quick summary, James, is that looking back on it, I mean, the first 20 minutes were frustrating. I mean, if we were off for... 11 days, were we really that surprised at what they were dialing up? I mean, they seemed like they played a very similar formation and approach as they did with PSV. Um, same personnel, same type of thing. Madison on the right, that shouldn't have been a surprise. So I, I don't know really what happened there. Um, so I think looking back on it, yeah, I mean, you were disappointed maybe to to not get the win, considering I think the chances were relatively one-sided i see you finally threw up the xg philosophy i couldn't find the info goal one earlier as well and i saw this and it was pretty much two to one so xg philosophy's got everton at 1.9 Leicester at about 0.94 again we all know the issues with one game xg do you think that captured the match properly I, or i felt like maybe Leicester had the ball a little bit more but there is something to argue that saying hey possession without any sort of chances that being said, there were some times where they had good quality players on the ball with chances that just didn't seem to execute very well. Yeah. And maybe I'm overrating their players. Um, but yeah, I mean, it felt closer than that. Totally. But God, I'm shocked there were big at that misses. number. I'm shocked well, at that I mean, number. It wasn't, it, it wasn't an accumulation then, of things. I mean, what were right. the numbers on the two chances where Charleston missed? They're probably 1.4 together, yeah. maybe? Yeah, I, especially that the first one from Anthony Gordon. I mean, Came you're on inside the six, basically. No one around you. I mean, that's got to be, you know, 0. 0.7. 0. 0.6, point seven. Yeah, yeah. up there. Um, and I, for some reason, I, I did feel like, in, in hindsight, they didn't, but it felt like Leicester were more threatening than they were. Maybe that's just, you know, my internal biases coming out to play. Um, but that, yeah, the two-to-one shocked me, and, you know, I, I – felt like a draw was probably a fair result after the final whistle but looking at that and thinking and reflecting on the chances we had it's like wow yeah for charleston just gets one of those and then it just it just changes everything um, or if you just come out with maybe a little bit different way to play you yeah know, you start off a little bit better a little more focused if frank doesn't have us as exp i just wish frank would realize stop the expansiveness man you don't yeah. need to play that way we need to grind out some results it's okay you know, we have enough quality that if we have even a number of chances with a team like Leicester at home, we got a chance here. But, you know, to his defense, we did outchance him and we did finish one to one. And we've got to be doing everything we possibly can to keep clean sheets. And when you can see it within five, well, that's that's not that. Yeah, exactly. But let's get into the listener comments, because, yes, we did have some good ones. Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, Sean Khan, King Khan 225 was at Goodison and said it was fantastic to be there. Uh, horrid start as we looked like the team that played Sunday and not one fresh got picked apart in the midfield, but do think we were trying to be very pragmatic. He agree with that as the game wore on. Having said that, Richie was incredibly wasteful today, but we rebounded the last 20 UTFT. Those guys look like they're having a little fun at the Winslow before the match, too. Definitely been there, done that. Good choice. Hopefully after, um, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Alan Brody at Brody in Maryland. I'm surprised Alan didn't complain about only five minutes of extra time, which <laughs> with all the play acting, time wasting. I mean, you thought oh, James yeah. Madison broke his jaw, right? I mean, isn't he well, dead? that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like they were so desperate to see that out, and it felt like they really just folded. And, and the announcers did point out, and I don't know these. I wish I had the stats on it, but Lester walking not been to good. the go corner. 
walking yeah. to take the corner. But they haven't been good at defending leads. So, you know, there is, I think, a psychological element that comes into play a little they bit They have been good at yeah. defending anything. Yes, I mean, They haven't true. been good at defending anything. Let's be honest. I mean, the defense <laughs> yes. isn't good. And you take Ndidi out of that team. It, I mean, from a defensively stout standpoint, it wasn't just because Fafan and Evans were hurt the whole time. Uh, granted, I would have liked to see Sunyuchu back there, too. That would have helped us as well. He's kind of <laughs> fallen off a cliff. But anyway, Alan Brody's comment is, if only there was a study of Everton fans' blood pressure and heart health as the season has gone on. And alcohol slash coffee consumption? Question mark. Um, say what you want about missed opportunities and shoddy play. There's lots of fight. Won't say the S word. We haven't <laughs> said the S word yet on this episode. No. Well, because Alex is normally here throwing at my face because he thinks it's hysterical (laughs) to see my reactions in this team. On to tomorrow. Go Saints. It's weird to root for another team like that. But and I've heard some people criticize people of that. Why? It matters, you know, and and I I just Burnley's not a team that's going to score a lot here. So just need to grind out some results. I mean, four points is a big deal. Saints come up with a win. They get desperate. I'm not expecting much in the Derby, but some of the other ones are winnable for us. So uh, we can't ex- we can't allow them to get right on our tail. Um, and you got to hope for the best. There's nothing crazy about that to me, James. I don't think. No, I. I mean, look, it's the situation we're in. You, if by rooting for another team, you know, you're basically just rooting for Everton by proxy. If so, we stay up at 29 points, I'm fine. I don't yeah, care. I just want us to stay up, man. At this point, and you know, there's. No preferential treatment to anything. It's like stay up by the skinnier teeth, by yeah. a single hair, by a fraction of an inch, whatever it takes doesn't freaking matter. Uh, and I think most of us are in that boat at the moment. We then had Hugh at seize the beans underscore. Lester really didn't create too much. And so I thought the draw was probably a fair result. Still wish our forwards got their heads up and passed more often. Yes, yeah, we touched on Damari yeah. Gray, we touched on AG, Anthony Gordon, et cetera, et cetera. Fair enough, Hugh. Agreed. Yep, yep. Nebula1979 at Nebula1979. Uh, started like it was a 7.45 a.m. kickoff. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, woke up after 15 plus, the better team thereafter. Lester enjoyed harmless possession mostly. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. I, I guess I agree with him. Um, especially in the second half. But there's also something to be said for having possession, having opportunities, and kind of screwing it up. You know, like yep. if you think about it, like the very first play of the match, the shot never really gets through there at all. Coleman makes a wonderful tackle and saves it. But that that is a massive chance. And I felt like there were a couple of those earlier or, or in the middle of the first half that they just flubbed, that they should have done better with, that right. really didn't amount to anything. So, you know how it is. XG can always be a little distorting. But anyway, uh, Rondon added a focal point. Delhi composure when it mattered, though getting him on the pitch without disrupting midfield is a problem, like we said before. And I, I don't think that's I, – I think it's – I don't know what you do there. Uh, I thought it was a maddening acquisition to begin with. So many people told me how dumb I was about it. It's on a free and blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's 120K a week or 100K a week. I think Van de Beek is the better choice in that position, but look, he's on loan. I get it. I don't know how healthy either of these two guys, but look, it worked out. And the bottom line is when Deli Ali does get on the ball, he has great composure. He has good vision. He keeps the ball. He doesn't typically turn it over. He's got good size too, so he can keep it a little bit. There were several times where he made kind of the safe play, but it was needed. You know, he found someone that was farther away maybe in time and space where maybe some other players wouldn't have done that. Um, 
I got to wonder though, in, in Frank's four three three or four two three one, if his best role is not outside of the midfield, maybe maybe in a wide space. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't think he did enough to say plug him in next match. But I, I don't think we should expect a, a lineup in Liverpool, you know, in the Liverpool match to be very very typical. I, I think it would probably put a couple big bodies and legs out there to just kick them all match and try and you know bunker it in, wouldn't you? I mean, I, I yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I mean, knowing that you play pretty soon afterwards, too. Right, and I mean, just the the thing with Delhi is, like, agreed with Nebula, composure when it mattered, made that pass, it was it was important. But, and well, we've talked about it, we will continue to talk about it, it just is mind-boggling the fact we brought in, you know, three guys in the January window, basically none of them really play regularly and have made too much of a major impact when we so desperately needed it. But, you know, with the guys doing our transfer business, what more would you expect? And not to get too negative on you, but we'll pivot here and end on a positive note from Halsey Nim at Nimalin 316 And I think this is some good perspective, and I, I agree with this. He said, I'd have taken four points from Man U and Leicester. Somehow we looked better when we had a physical presence to trouble their center backs in the air. And yeah, in hindsight, when I was looking at Man U and Leicester, I mean, to be fair, they're both playing pretty horribly at the minute, but we're, I, I didn't think anyone was playing more horribly than us. Um, and look, four points from those two matches is big, and we're going to need to get some other surprise points before the season's out if we want to maintain our hopes of staying alive. But as you said at the top, Ryan, one point's better than zero, and it felt like for 90 minutes plus one that that is exactly what we were going to get. So when you get thrown that token point at the end, it makes it just a little bit sweeter going into the Derby, which, um, you know, I never have hope going into the Derby. Uh, I have negative confidence in our ability to get anything from that match at Anfield. We won there last year with no fans. Uh, they're going to just revel in our misery. And uh, yeah, I'm honest. I, I think there's like a negative 10% chance we even score. Uh, but I don't know what your thoughts are going into that. Well, I mean, teams have scored against Liverpool. I guess there's something to be said for that. I don't want to give up a freaking set piece. I swear to God, I'm so yeah. tired of that garbage against them. If you can pack it in on them and they can't hit you on the break, the problem with that is, I mean, you can't let, I mean, you put Tiago in there for Mendy today. Ah, it's just destruction. You know, he moves the ball so well, and Van Dyke yeah. does too. So I, I don't know what you're going to do against that. But you still want to pack it in against him, I think. Uh, is it sad that I'm concerned about goal differential? Uh, yeah, yeah, look, right. I, but I can't help it. I mean, I look at Burnley's schedule. They got Southampton, Wolves, Watford, Villa twice, Tottenham, and Newcastle. I mean, those Ugh. are all games that if the other team doesn't play well, they're winnable. I know Burnley doesn't score much, and look, let's face it, Burnley's pretty bad. But we blew it. We lost to him. I mean, that was killer. Uh, the only thing that makes me feel a little bit better is that um, Mina back, some of the other guys back. It's almost addition by subtraction when you move certain guys out there that just aren't good enough. I mean, Holgate, John Joe Kenny, these guys just aren't good enough. And I, I hate to say that. And I'm not trying to be mean. But when you pull them off the pitch, even the difference between Seamus Coleman and John Joe Kenny is just massive. And so... Um, you give yourself a fighting chance in almost every match, but I don't think we can expect too much out of the Derby. However, stranger things have happened in this match. This match can be very odd at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm packing it in and I'm making things miserable. Now, the good part is we don't play for another week um, after that. So maybe we could be willing to play certain people. Um, 
which would be fine. You know, you shouldn't be afraid to play your starters. We're not just going to hand them the freaking win. Uh, you would never do that in a derby match. Um, so that's maybe a good thing. You know, it gives plenty, plenty of people time to recover. And, man, it would really be something special if Dominic Calvert-Lewin could really be fresh and ready to go in that Chelsea match. Completely agree. And, obviously, Chelsea uh, lost 4-2 to Arsenal today. So, you know, they're, they're a beatable team. Obviously, Arsenal playing fairly well at the moment. But, yeah, I, I just – like, I, I always go into the lowest of expectations into the Derby. I think, at this point, a nil-nil is probably, like, the best possible result we could hope for. Uh- and look, the thing is, I mean, if you can stay healthy, you got Chelsea at home, you got Leicester again away, and there's nothing about this team that should scare us, really. I know they dominated the ball, but we've seen them now. We should be ready to go. And then we've got Watford, Brentford, Palace. That's it. In the last match is Arsenal. I mean, right. So it's just Liverpool's the one that maybe you don't have a lot of faith in. That's why we really need Southampton to do us a, a solid. Um, but you get a point off Chelsea. You find a win on a couple of these things, you know, you got a fighting chance here. Yeah, but it's just hard no because you look at a moment like this today and you really wanted three points because Burnley's got such a weak schedule going for it. Right. But hey, one point is better than none. And sometimes the ball doesn't bounce the way you want it, man. And that was a little bit of it today. Amen to that. And I think that's a great place to wrap this episode. We thank you all very much for tuning in. A reminder, if you enjoyed it, please leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice helps us out a ton again all the links are in the description link tr.ee slash usa toffee pod for all the socials join our discord invite.gg slash a t p it's the acronym for the name of the show if you hadn't figured that out yet uh, we'll be with you following the derby win unlikely lose probably draw i sure as heck hope so we'll be with you following that until then until next time keep the faith and up the toffees.